podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, John Gibbons, Adam Smith and Ben Johnson with you for the next hour or so to talk about a variety of things, not just Liverpool nil, Plymouth, Plymouth Argyle nil, but also what it leads to in terms of the young players who played, uh, what it means in terms of a replay, uh, what it suggests around the idea of the Southampton game and the Man United game coming up. It's become an intense period of football, John. The manager himself today is joking about it, saying, well, it's not as bad as October to May last year, but it has, be- <laughs> it has become an intense period of football all of a sudden. Yeah, it has, and obviously we're all hoping that there's another FA Cup round in there, in which case January just looks, you know, it is relentless. He's going to have to try and use his squad a little bit more than than, than what he was, I think, looked look willing to towards the end of December anyway. But I think he's got his eye on the games, the, the first team, and I think it's become a, going to become a similar sort of situation that it was in the in the Europa League running, in that he's got he's, he's already said, look, it's the first team Wednesday. That um, that that Southampton one. It's 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 all my best lads I can get on the pitch. It looks like there's a couple coming back, which is good news. Um, but yeah, it's going to be kind of all hands on deck till the end of January, and then just see where you are. Hopefully, we're in a good place in, in all three of the competitions we're playing in. But obviously, the priority is the league. Um, it. I mean, it's he's made it crystal clear. There's two sides to it, isn't there, John? Really, first, it's the idea that he's he's made it crystal clear. That the the FA Cup, at least at this stage, wasn't a priority for a variety of reasons. Uh, but he's also you can't say you've got all these good young lads and then not play them. You've got to play them at some point. And every, the, I don't think there's a single player who started for Liverpool really there who didn't need the start. Possible exceptions, Woodburn, and everyone wants to watch Woodburn play. I think, I think it's all well. I mean, it, I think it's one thing saying it's not a priority, but I think, I think probably what he's looking at is, okay, what can we do to win the game? And you know, I've, I've got this big squad. I need to play these players. I need to play these young lads anyway. They need games. And I think he's looking at them players on. Uh, he's looking at the quality of, of Plymouth, and he's looking at the quality of our young lads, and thinking we'll beat them. And nine times out of ten, we probably will play that play that game nine times more. And we'll we probably win nine of them. Um, they were limited, and they were happy for nil nil from the weird from the first, you know, ten seconds of the game, and that's absolutely fine. But so it's so it's fine to pick a side that on paper is better than them, and I think. We go there again in a couple of weeks, whenever it is, week on Wednesday or week Tuesday, I don't know. I mean, no probably, one knows yet. He'd probably, pick, he'd probably pick a similar side, I think. I think he'd pick a similar side and say, all right, go and have another go. See if you can beat them this time. They probably will. They were shite. Um, and and it's that, I think it's down to that. And then he's, you know, so he's right. I think he's right to pick the side he's picked yesterday because he's looking on Wednesday thinking, all right, what's well, a chance to put that sort of tie? You know, you, you go there and get a couple of away goals and give them a bit of a hide in which our first team's capable of doing that. That home well, come on to that. Do you think he's going to pick a first team? I he said he will. I think he's going to pick a first team. He I said think, he will. I think the evidence from last year is that he'll pick a first team. And it, it might not be the team that starts against United, but it'll be very, very close. It'll be eight lads, I think, who would who will start against United. I think. That's that's sort of my position. He sort of done that last year and at this stage of this competition when, when we were sort of one eye on the league. He talks yeah. about rhythm a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. That's one of his key things, is the players getting into a rhythm, and he doesn't like resting them for long periods of time because they're out of that rhythm. And I think if we did now have Southampton, he'd probably have picked the first team yeah. for, for this match because he wants them to be in that rhythm. He doesn't want them going into the United game cold. So you think he's going to pick a strong side against I Southampton? I do, yeah. That's why, because I think because he, because he's always talked about it, rhythm. And I don't think it's got anything to do with how much he rates the cup or doesn't rate the cup or anything else. I think he just wants you the think players th- to be in that frame of mind. Because if he didn't play them, if there's players that, that don't play, what's that? That's the best part of two weeks, isn't it? That they haven't played a, you know, a game there. And then, then they're going into the United game quite cold, which he doesn't want them to do. And we're not playing great. Mm. And I think we sort of need to remember that we could really go 
do with going to Southampton and battering them. Yeah. I think that'd really help us going into the United game. You know, you talk about rest days and things like that. I don't think there'd be anything better than us going to Southampton and turning them over, which we've done before, by the way. We've done them in this competition, six one. So it's not it's not mad to think we'll go there and and if we can click do do three or four nil on them. You know, it's not it's not that mad we've done it. And so I think I think that'd I think that'd make them feel well better than it would giving the lads a week off and then going into Sunday and he's a bit worried about you know the rhythm and what and Adam's saying or you know I'll be playing well I'll be clicking I'd expect nine of the 11 who start United to, to start and I think the, the only bit of jiggery you might do is around Coutinho maybe he thinks to oh well if he, if he can get him a few minutes on Wednesday which he said he'd like to try and do then then is there a case if you start on Sunday and things like that I think it'll only be little things like that there'll be decisions obviously in midfield um you know, will he want to go the same, or will he go slightly differently? You know, do something with Emery Chan in one and not the other, something like that. But I think, I think nine of the eleven will. St- oh, the goalkeeper's the other one as well. Uh, I think he'll probably swap the goalies over. Okay, um, back to Liverpool Plymouth. Come on, to talk more about that in a minute. Um, Adam, it was it was frustrating. It, it was the speed. I think what frustrated me, unless so second half. And I actually think we play all right first half. We just don't quite get going. We don't click in the final third, but we very much pen them in. But I can't work out if it was because we very much pen them in or just that they took first half. It was going to be attack versus defence. I mean, there was a mad point right in front of me where I sit uh, first half where every every player bar Carrius was in what I would call effectively the final third of the pitch. And it was crazy. I'm watching this thinking this is absolutely mad that you can play a football match and every single player can be in that. 21 players can be in that space. But that's that. it was the speed with which it turned into that game that was firstly you know, impressive for Plymouth and that they came and got what they wanted. But it was what was frustrating, I think, from the Liverpool point of view. Yeah, it was. I think that... The, I think the thing with a lot of sort of people get you know a bit a bit annoyed after the match and today and things. I think that some of the things that have, have sort of been forgotten o- overnight, if you like, is that for one thing we could have scored two or three. You know, there was a couple of chances where we really should have scored, and and you know a better connection or you know a, 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 the the goal that gets disallowed. I don't know whether Origi needs to be doing all that wrestling, for example. And I think he probably, if he's not doing it, he probably scores. Or, you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But all of that. And the other thing is that, that we have dominated. The, you know, they've gone there. This this team of teenagers have dominated them partly because Plymouth had absolutely no interest in going, you know, past the, their own box, let alone the halfway line. But they have, they've dominated them for ninety minutes, and the only thing they didn't do was score a goal. And the first team have done that against you know lesser, you know, in inverted commas, lesser teams in the past. So it it, it was frustrating, really. Really frustrating, and there should have been more zip to the play, especially with some of the young lads. Uh, uh, you know, because there were the times when Alexander Arnold got in behind their their left back. You know, two or three times he got in and failed. First half, especially. Yeah, exactly. And failed to put a decent ball in. You know, or or at least no, there wasn't the movement in and around the box that he would have wanted from from attacking players. Um, so there could there could have been that zip and their energy and everything else. But as I said, the only the only thing that team didn't do was score. And that's a problem that's beset the you know the, the the so-called you know much much stronger first eleven at times. It's fair to go on. I think we used to, I think, I think one of the things I, I feel sorry a little bit for the for the younger players is I think one of the things they're struggling when there's a load of them all playing at the same time, is the, is a balance between what they sh- can and can't do in terms of the attacking intent and the attacking play. So what what you found yesterday, like Kev Stewart had about eight shots. Yeah. And, but but. 
a lot of them were, were like, we'll shoot. Because some of them come, like, loads of them come right out to him, right in the middle of the goal on the edge of the box. We think, well, Litty, you yeah. may as well. But other ones, he was getting it and I'm not touching. It wasn't a great deal on. He's thinking, well, all right, well, I'll shoot because no one else is or whatever. And it's them little bits of decision-making. When you're an inexperienced player and you're coming into a team, it's your first game, whatever, you don't know whether to stick or twist. You don't know whether to play it safe. You don't know whether to try and beat your man. What what you know, you don't quite know what you should be doing. And because there isn't a load of first teamers around you saying, No, next time just have a go or next time you know, take it easy, whichever the option is that they choose wrong. And what tends to happen is a little little bit of a reduction in the intensity because everybody's just sort of unsure what they should do. Yeah. And also you get some poor decision making now and again. I think they lost a little bit of faith in what they were doing as well. I think I think you're right in what you're saying, but I think I f- actually for first fifteen, he looked pretty good. I it thought is, yeah. the way they were popping it around. I thought the young lads were were, um, were were combining well. I thought there was runners around midfield, and you thought, so oh, these going to have a good day here." And I just thought the longer it went on, that until the subs come on the left, they start they started worrying. And I think they probably did, and I think that's sort of natural. You know, it gets to fifty minutes, and you know, it's it, been we've been there thinking we haven't scored yet, we're going to get slaughtered here. You know what I mean? The managers probably tried to have a word and calm them down, but you think if with a stronger team, you think that you just you just kept going and kept going, and, and and sometimes you need someone as John says, we'll just keep playing and we will just keep doing the right things. We'll do them here, but I think they just got nervous because they hadn't scored and it got to thirty forty, so they started doing things that were unnatural and. And Kev Stewart's a good example of that, really. You know, I'm with Jono. I've got, I've got no problem someone having a shot from 25 yards because I think if you're central and you've got time, I'd actually say that's a good chance if for a, for a, for a highly skilled footballer. What isn't if you've shifted it and you're on your wrong foot and you're being closed down and you're just taking a swipe at it? That, that isn't a good chance. That's not even a chance. That's it and hope. And, and it was, it was, it, that was the frustrating part for, for me is that they, they just, you stop trying to get round the back. They, they were putting just oh, we'll just put a cross in and we'll just kind of hope for the best. And it, it all got a little bit hope for the best. And um, and that was kind of what frustrated me, me really because I saw phase twenty. What they were trying to do was was excellent. Yeah, I think. I mean, I agree with the the shots thing. But then the flip side of that is that there was a stat doing around yesterday that a quarter of all of our shots were Kevin Stewart from outside the box. You know, that's just <laughs> that's, too much. Yeah. yeah, that you know, there's a difference, isn't there, between sort of having a, a couple of goes when it's lined up nicely for you, and then just yeah, yeah. just blaming it from. And I I know I sometimes you know get in trouble when I come on here and make an outrageous statement, but I'm absolutely fuming that after Lucas has shot the next thing on the telly wasn't uh, Klopp on the phone to Inter Milan talking about terms. Like you see, should, I think I mean, it sat up well for him, you know. Uh, I, I don't care. I'm all right he scored one in 355. I know, How's but, but, but it sat up lovely, though. Honestly, I'm so, <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, just... It, it, there's there's certain things where I just think you've never done it. It's sad to look at you. I mean, the other thing is but... his mindset. He's thinking, I'm not going to get many more chances at these mates. I'm putting this in the top in here. Nobody. I'm so sort of all right with the Lucas one, you know, because uh, we've no. all been there. It just bounces in. You think, I'll tell you what, that bounced nice. <laughs> it's just, but if it bounced nicely for me, I wouldn't be hitting it on my right foot because I'm not right footed. And he shouldn't have been hitting it from third. If, he, if it was five yards out and bite, bounced nicely, I'd agree with you, but. It was just like oh, I, 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 I'm trying to kick it now. Is it sat up that well? That one's done it. You just put your hands up and go, sorry, lad. But what, what do you want? What do you want out of me? Honestly, I'm trying to kick the ball. I'm just measuring how nice it's sat up. And I'm trying to volley it myself. 
It did sizzle. <laughs> I can't. I wish it I could. It did sizzle. I, I wish I could say it didn't sizzle, Adam. Um, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. There was once. There was once. I was once listening to Danny Baker. I was once listening to Danny Baker. He had told us a caller came on because the, the theme was uh, getting hit by the ball, and a caller came on and said, "I was I was in the park park one day, and th- th- there was some kids playing with the ball, and the ball just sat up nicely, and I thought I'm volleying this, and it went bang right into one of the faces, and he said and it bounced back, and it was gorgeous." So I, I struck it again. <laughs> Sadly, didn't knock the other one over, but he said everyone was looking at him like, "What? What are you doing? You're a grown man." Um, sat up. But it sat up. Uh, when, it, when it sits up, there's certain things that are obliged to happen. I think if I'm, you know, to pull it into the, in general set in a general sense, Ben, it's it is this. We haven't attacked with much fluency. I mean, what does does both the lads themselves now they're playing and what they're losing faith, losing faith a little bit in themselves, maybe in in, in how the games go, and it, it is obviously frustrating. And you know, for instance, the keepers rightly taking an age over the goal kicks, but it doesn't let you get moving. What I'm in general, the exception of Middlesbrough away second half, maybe last six weeks. In general, any Liverpool side hasn't attacked that well. Mm. You know, there hasn't been the flow and attacking football we saw in October. It hasn't quite been there. It hasn't been the same. And that's where, you know, maybe it's a bit unfair, therefore, to sort of expect it of these lads. But in general, you know, they're all working together on the training field. And we, we do look like we just need a little bit of a little bit of sharpening somewhere. And, and it could be the rhythm stuff that Adam's mentioning. It can be the intensity of the games. We just haven't quite looked as at it as we did at Butter Away. I, I, think, I, think, I think you're right. Butter Away is the exception. Um and it's the exception pretty much since Coutinho got injured. And and it, and I think for me it's a little bit about balance. I think I think prior to Coutinho getting injured, Firmino playing centrally, um, everybody knowing the roles inside out. I'm not even having had storage in that period as well. Not, yeah, and but everyone knew the roles inside out, so everybody knew who was going where, who was dropping when. Um Firmino would drop in, there'd be a nice little old man here going. You know, all of that was really natural. They clearly worked on that at the start of the season. They worked on that in pre-season. Um and just them dropping out has just led that to, to just to drop a little bit so it's not quite as natural. And and everybody's now trying to figure out a new way to score goals because beforehand it was just lovely. And I, and it was almost like second nature. Everyone knew everyone was going to be and the football's ridiculously good. I think I think the point you make about it being a little bit harsh on the, on the on the young lads is yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely fair. You know, we've watched these we've watched these, these Liverpool players for three years come up against people at home and do nothing but shoot from the edge of the box. And and in the last six months, it's been mild, markedly better. Um, in the last year, it's been markedly better than it was before. So I think it, I think it's a bit harsh if people are slagging them off for having a lack of composure when the team in the last four or five years has done exactly the same thing. Um, I, I I think you're right. I think we do need to sharpen it. I just think it'll come back to balance on the pitch and maybe Coutinho coming back. Without wanting to get on the back of individuals, but that the other thing that's been marked in that period. <clears throat> is over the full period, and I actually think it impacts, I'll go you first on this one, John, I actually think it impacts them a little bit on um, on, on, on Sunday there against Plymouth, is the is Origi's quite a strange player to watch at times. And the, for all the talk of, for instance, back when you know X knows where Y is going to go, and I thought you saw a bit of that with Ajarian and Woodburn, that Ajarian and Woodburn clearly played footy together, and they did little bits of movements and all that sort of stuff, whereas Origi, I, I thought, I just don't think, I don't, I don't think he had a good game. I don't think he's... I, 
he doesn't look to me like, it, it, and as in a lot of these games, though he does play the second half against Borough, as though he's 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 quite fitting in and relaxing. And I, if there was one I was frustrated with, probably it, in the in the Plymouth game, it'd be Origi. And in a sense, that's unfair. It's only because of his own sort of arc of development that he's playing maybe a little bit ahead of himself at the age of twenty-one. But maybe he's the one you're looking for a little bit more from and a little bit more fluidity. Yeah, I think so. I think he probably was the most disappointing in terms of his performance. I think, you know, we've seen that. We've seen the EG the team play. We've seen the EG to do the job, and you know against Plymouth, you know you just want to say, okay, we'll show your class, bullied them a bit, you know what I mean? You know, tear them out. They're not fit to, to tie your boots, you know what I mean? And and he just sort of never really got that in his head. I don't think he. I think he was trying to be very much a centre forward. So I think he was trying to you know be be of of his position kind of thing. So he wasn't maybe, you know, pulling wide quite as much as which which you kind of understand really because you've got. You know, certainly a wide man on the right, and and, and someone and Will Ben was playing to the left as well. So we got that, but you know, you can just look a bit like, well, you're not you're not doing enough in, in that sort of situation, really. Especially when you think, well, you know, a chance isn't just going to fall to you because they've got seven lads playing centre half. So so just try and be a little bit different, and just try and play a bit with a bit more swagger. And I think that's what disappoints me a bit about it. Eg really is like. You know, you you don't want to get into a situation for, with him where where you know he needs convincing how good he is. You know, he should he should know it going into this game really, and and there just kind of wasn't enough kind of swagger about him really. And you can understand it from the other lads because Ojo's been out injured and just coming back, and Ben will Ben. You know, he's a kid, and well, he played with a bit of swagger actually. But I think you know, you just you just. We just want him to go out there and go, I'm better than these and I'm just going to score two and I'm going to prove me, prove myself. And you just never got that about him. You never sensed that about him. It was kind of like, well, I'll, you know, I'll hold it up when I need to and, you know, I'll get on the end of something if you create something. And, you know, it just, it just sort of wasn't quite good enough, really, I don't think. Yeah, it's a, it is a tricky one because he, wa- he wasn't great, but then I, I was a bit underwhelmed by all of the... the- the more experienced players, whether it's sat up for Lucas or not. Uh, You can add add Lucas, you know, although he didn't obviously do a lot wrong defensively, but, you know, Moreno again was a little bit same sort of thing. You know, why is he volleying it across, you know, whatever. Um, And uh, and Chan, you know, all of them were a little bit underwhelmed. But the thing I was thinking was, I, I, watching the Man City game, I, I remember thinking about what you say, Neil, about how brave they have to play these players. And I remember thinking against Man City, they're being really, really brave because they were doing some stuff against a really good team that was risky things. And that's when it that's when, you know, they're at the best. And I think it's a lot more difficult for a 17-year-old to be brave, especially against big grocks of lads who can snap you in half. I think it's a lot more difficult for them to be to be brave. So the whole team wasn't doing the same kind of snappy brave things that this the, the first 11 would do understandably so and so the 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 more senior players didn't have a, anything to work with in that sense perhaps and Origi maybe didn't have the things going on around him to to try something a little bit different and he didn't he didn't lead the way in that which is really what his responsibility is as one of the more experienced players even though he's still young he's got the experience his job I think is to be brave and to say to the young lads hey, I'll try this do that do whatever and he and he didn't and as the game went on, his game sort of dropped off with it as well, I think. It's a funny thing being a senior player when you're 21 mm. and you're not actually a regular starter for the side. I think that I think that's one of the things, because I, 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 I agree with Adam in that I was I was frustrated with Moreno, Lucas, Lucas less so, but I was frustrated with Moreno and Chan uh, to a certain extent. And then when you get away from the game, you spend a bit of time afterwards, you're a bit like, well, 
these are all lads who at the moment have got a little bit of something to prove themselves. Mm. It's not the idea that, for instance, you know, if Henderson's fully fit, and I wonder what he would have done with Henderson if Henderson had been fully fit, that if Henderson's fully fit, you know, he's in there and he knows, well, I'm playing against United, I'm playing against Southampton, this is this is a walk in the park for me. Whereas these lads, you know, they are senior players, but simultaneously they're senior players who, at the minute, after this game, don't actually know where the next game's coming from. I think it's I think it's a funny thing to I think it I think the point you make is really interesting about about being a senior player but not really playing for the first team because because it's it's a really difficult thing I've played I've played where I've had to go and drop into a reserve side to try and get your fitness back to get try and get back into the first team and it's really hard to have an you know depending on the type of player it's really hard to have an impact on a game because if you're not an impact player or you, or if you if you're trying to control a tempo in a game, or you, like so, Chan's trying to control, trying to dictate in that role where he was playing, and he's trying to get on the ball and play footy, but it's it's quite difficult to do that if you're surrounded by lads who are playing at a completely different level or or are not willing to do the same thing as what you're used to doing. So you might make one run, they might go with you, and you might think, oh, and then and then it puts you a little bit off your stride. You think the next time you get up, well, hang on, if if, I've, if I'm going to go and show and he doesn't give me, what's the point of me showing? I'll just stay, and everybody's mindset changes a little bit. So I think one of the risks of playing with a load of changes, like seven, eight, nine changes, that you just lose the momentum things, Keith, but I think you lose that with all them changes. It's very difficult to keep that same identity in your team. I think I think with Origi, I feel sorry for him because I don't think his natural game suits playing against 11 lads sat in their own, you know, in, yeah. in two square foot of space anyway. Yeah. Um, and so he's being asked to be the leading light of a of a you know of a of a gang of young lads when he's you know twenty one himself twenty himself whatever he is, and his game doesn't suit what people want him to do. They want to get the ball and beat a man, and and that's not necessarily his skill set. If we were playing away, so I think if I I personally think if Sturridge had been fit, Sturridge plays yesterday, and Arigi plays Wednesday because Wednesday shoots Arigi's game a little bit more because there'd be a little bit more space to get into, and there's a little bit more to stretch your legs and uh, and to press and to do all the things he's really good at doing. And Sturridge yesterday, that game's made for him because he's playing against lads who are going to sit in, hold the space, and he can flit about and find the lovely little angles and the little half chances that and he help the lads himself. Through. And help the lads through. He's seen it last year, the amount of times Sturridge played with Ojo. And Ojo was really good, but Sturridge like, literally went over and played on the right with him and, and at times and said, right here, don't do that, is it? You go and run. And then get, sort of gets him through 10 minutes in a mm. game where he was struggling. And there wasn't anyone really to do that. I think Alana tried to do it when he come on, um, and I think Sturridge naturally does that anyway. And aside from that, them senior role, them senior players who were playing, Lucas aside, who couldn't really get in the game because he's got nothing to do. He's got nothing to do. Literally, not no point in being there. He may not have played. He's not, you know, what's what's he doing? They're not going to attack. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a funny sort of. You know, you look at the other sort of senior players, Moreno, again, he's, he's never going to influence anybody in a positive manner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just because of the way he plays footy, he's like so scattergun that he, you can't build it. He's not going to influence anyone else to do anything better than what he's doing because he's bananas. You don't know what he's going to do. He'll do anything, literally anything. Um, so it's hard to... It's hard, I think it's hard for the young players. It's also hard for some of them senior players as well because they're not, it's, not nat, it's not their natural game. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. No, What's no. my point? I enjoyed it. Thanks. No, I think that that's. That, <laughs> I, I do wonder if Sturridge being fully fit, if Sturridge might have started this one and then and then maybe maybe got sixty and then maybe got either got sixty on Wednesday or had a look at Origi on Wednesday because the, the, it it is that idea of 
both someone who's going to act as a focal point, but someone who's also going to bring people into the game and, and get people through the game, John. Yeah, he's 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 he, he made an impact when he come on in terms of you'll just you'll just try something different and you'll see everything as a challenge and. Um, there was one time I felt safe for Ojo first half because he actually skips away from his man and then he looks up and looks at the goal and there's four fellas stood in the way <laughs> and he's like, well, that's too many, isn't it? You know what I mean? How's, how's that happened? Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and literally in between him and the goal and so you just can't get a shot off. But, but Sturridge, he could, he's, he could see it a bit more of a challenge really. So I liked him popping off. There's that lovely ball through to Ojo that doesn't quite get there. But, you know, he, he's, he's trying it. He's looking around and... Just the one where he shifts in it into the side net, and um, which is you know it's it's the best effort of the game probably in terms of, but he but he can just move it and he can just find space anywhere really, and I think maybe longer on the pitch kind of he would have done the he would have done it, but you don't know. But I think he's look he had to, he's looking at storage and, and looking at what he's got available and looking who's around. It doesn't look like they're going to buy anyone, so he's thinking about these next games, isn't he? He's thinking well, Southampton. As as Jonas has wanted to put it to bed, and then there's this massive game against Man United, and he just prioritised those two, and that's what he's decided with Sturridge, and you, and, you, and you can't really argue with it because of where where we are in those respective competitions. Really, the league's always the most important, and we're we're, we're sitting nice League Cup final, we're in the semi final. There's a long way to go, and you know, there's a long way to go in this FA Cup, and so so he's had to prioritise it like that, and I think you know, it, it, I I think it's difficult to argue with him, the manager that is. Um. Adam, I thought the class of Woodburn and Ajaria was was clear first half especially. I thought I, I thought Ajaria was the best player on the pitch first half. I thought you just 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 in little touches, little flashes. I thought he looked like the one who was most likely to make it happen. I also like to see his direct run as well off the ball. He, you know, but he, when he got a head of steam up there, you can see he can really eat the ground up quickly. Yeah, he looks a really decent player, doesn't he? Um, and I, I think it's interesting because I think if you're if you're looking at the, the the players in the team, I don't think Milner is overly worried about the performance of Moreno, for example, in his place. And I don't think Sturridge is overly worried about uh, Origi. And I don't think Juan Aldum's going to be looking at Chan's performance and thinking, "Oh, I might be, you know, I might be getting dropped here." Um, but Ajari is the one where nobody's going to be worried. You know, Lallana's not going to be worried about him or whatever, but he will be thinking if I pick up an injury, you know, he's all right. He's going to step, you know, he'll step in there. And same sort of thing. I think, well, I think if you're charming, you might be worried about, well, yeah, well true. Of, yeah. Because he, he might, he might skip ahead of him in the, in the pecking order. Yeah, that's, that's true. Cause he, but cause he just, he looks, it's very difficult. I think, obviously I know, you know, Chan's got a lot of um, admirers, hasn't he? A lot of sort of ardent admirers. The difficult thing is that I think he's a good player, but I don't think he really fits into our the way we the way we play. And I think Ajaria does. And I think as he gets older and gets more mature and gets more experience, he's gonna he's gonna fit into that even better. And so that's where it'll be quite interesting to see what the manager does in in games like Southampton. If he's gonna say make you know keep eight of the first team and and three others, Ajaria is the one I'd rather see play than than Chan, for example. Um, and that'll be interesting to see whether you know what he does in in that sort of way. I John, I was watching Ajaria, and this was he was the one where I was thinking, you know, what I wish it was all the other senior players playing. Mm. Yeah. I used the one where I'm really thinking, I wonder what this lad can do surrounded, but with Henderson behind him, with either Lana to his left or Vinaldum to his left, with Sturridge, Coutinho, Firmino up top. He's the one I'm looking. You know, Milner making a run to create a bit of space for him on flank, Klein on the other. He's the one where I'm looking at there, there thinking really. You know, I wouldn't have a, if you tell me right now he's starting against Swansea at home on the twenty first of January, I'm going looking forward to that. Yeah, it I mean it's 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 been remarkable is is his rise really over the last year and a lot of it is 
he's just one of them. He looks better playing with the better players he's playing with, the better he looks because his his vision's terrific. I thought you know the the best three passes of the first twenty five minutes were all his. You know he was he was looking for Trent down that right hand side as you mentioned before. He's played with him. They look like they played together. He's bombing on. Yes, yeah, and boom, there's the ball. You know what I mean? It was one of them just out just out the way the the fullback. He's just reaching for it and he can't get it. And that's that's great because you put him off his stride. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you so you've got it in his head a bit, and and suddenly and suddenly the guy's away. I thought. And, and he'll always look for them and, and he's running and he was one where maybe a, li- a little bit as well after after half an hour he, he, he kind of st- maybe stopped backing himself a bit and that's where you want Lallana next to him go no keep giving them runs I'll cover for you a little bit here if I need to or whatever or or you know or you, you'll get the pass next time that, that kind of thing rather than you know I thought, I thought he went in, in himself a little bit really but you know it's understandable but his, his talent's there for all to see really and, and, he, and he, you know, he's got confidence in, in his ability and yeah, just just an exciting footballer, really, and, and one you know you can you can see why Jurgen likes him so much. I think I think the main thing that strikes me is his movements, really, really impressive. You know, and it fits it fits the style of what you said before. It fits the style of what we're doing. When you know, one centre middle drag out left, and then he'll be a big hole, and and then he, a couple of times he makes that late run into the box. He's unlucky not to get it. I thought he was. I thought he was really good, and I think he. I think he he is very. Very similar to them, to that Lalane one Alden role that he wants, and that and that's pivotal in where we've attacked really well this season. And what we were talking about before, why we've been a bit off. I think maybe that role hasn't been as as good because we've had to fill it with Lalane's had a little injury Lallana's as well at the same time injury, as Coutinho yeah, and yeah. storage again and, again. and so you haven't got that that space being created by that movement between them and Firmino dropping out and Sturridge dropping out or whoever. And I think he's got the ability to play in that role, which which I'm not necessarily sure that Chan has. I think Chan's when Chan plays that role, he plays it a little bit, a little bit more defensively, and we, we maybe look a little bit stronger defensively as a consequence. He of arrives Chan into playing. the box well, though. I was frustrated he, he wasn't doing enough for that. There's a couple of times when he popped it off, for instance, to Alexander Arnold, and I was thinking, you know what, Emre. Just, just do the third man run. You popped it; it's gone. Stewart's behind you. You just blam in now, and you never know. You know, cause a bit of at least, at least dis- disrupt them. He chose not to do it yesterday, but he has done it really well. I think at times this it, season, he's done it when he fits. Caused a couple of goals back post, yeah, you know, yeah. and doing it really well. But it, but I think there's a difference between arriving late into the box for a ball that's come that you know is going to come, and making the run to create space in the first place. And I think there's a different skill, it's a different mindset. And I'm not sure necessarily whether he's got it so good. He's good at doing all the other stuff, which that role has to do, like going out to the left and making space and getting the ball and playing and letting somebody else make the run. But he's not necessarily the one who'll see the the space himself and go and get in it and create the space for everybody else or try and create a space for somebody to put the ball in for for him. That's not necessarily in his skill set. In his skill set. Do you think it's funny with him? How I mean, last season you felt like he was. If not first name on the sheet, he was in his top three. And certainly as the season wears on, and yes, there was the injury issues and the way the games were mounting up. But for instance, he rushes him back to having sentiment against Villarreal. Like mm. he's he clearly wasn't fully fit, but he wants him on the pitch. Yeah. And then, you know, he goes from there, he plays the final. And he seems to have like even you get the impression from the manager's own what he does or doesn't deem a project. You, you almost feel like he's not on the manager's project list anymore, and maybe that's unfair. And we're looking from the outside, and it might be that if Jurgen's listening to this, he'd be saying, "Listen, you don't know the work I'm doing with this lad down at Melwood. What we're working on on the videos, you'll, you'll see the benefits of this in three months. It might be that we all look like dopes." But to me, the, the most intriguing thing is that he just—he's gone. You've gone from feeling like he's—he's he's bang there to feeling like he's—he really is like not number fifteen, number sixteen, number seventeen, even. I think it's to do with the suitability to the role that's developed. That that. 
Lalana when Alzen role. I think it and I think when he's played, you know, last year Henderson wasn't nailed on to play that defensive midfielder role, and and at times we played with two of them. You know, at times we played with two shuttled a lot to fill other holes at right midfield and left midfield when we were playing with two up front. And I think part of it is to do with Cham was really good at doing that role of sort of shuffling and and protecting the other players and letting everybody else play with Henderson. The two of them work really well in, in combination. Yeah. I think what's different this year is that we've only got one of them and it's Henderson and he's clearly the elite player in the squad at doing it. And the backup to that is Kev Stewart. You yeah. know, and, and it's like, okay, well, you're not that Emery, so you're going to have to be something else. But you're not quite the other two either. So what are you? Sort of a mix of both. And I think he's he's getting, not squeezed out, but I think he's finding it more difficult because he's not a natural fit to either role in midfield. I think I think he might like that in certain games, though. And I think we're all talking about him like that. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he if he starts him at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And he starts yeah, yeah. him there, and, and and there's and either Wijnaldum or Lallana has to miss out. Now he might he might do something from free with Lallana, and they might all play. Uh, I think if if he can play Wijnaldum, I think if he can play Lallana, Coutinho, and Firmino as a free, you think he will. Uh, or, or if you can't pick a team, then it might be so. You might you might see them all, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he plays them in centre mid and looks to get him in there because although what you're saying there, I wouldn't disagree with any of it. I think he I think he quite likes the fact in certain games that one you know one of those one of those front twos just got got a bit of a natural thing to come back and just to check Henderson's all right and Henderson's done great there. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but you can soon be outnumbered and I think you know to have that guy who's, who's almost between the two roles, who's willing to step up and he is getting more forward more as we've all said and and willing to do that. But but he's also he's also got a bit more inclination than the other two to look at what's behind him and just look over his shoulder a bit and go oh I need to get in here a bit and I think when Emery's done well in this role and I think there's times where he has done well in this role this season it's been in those games where you've just quite liked the fact that you know he's a bit more of a he's a bit more of a movable feast and it's a bit less of a one and a two than, than kind of you know it is obviously the case it's a one and a half one and a half exactly yeah and I think um, I think he I think he likes that and, and so it wouldn't surprise me if, he, if he's got him in there against Man United even if you know it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be necessarily everyone's first choice yeah I agree with I agree with both of those points actually I think um, uh I think the thing with nice going last sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Thanks. Um, no, I do agree with both of them, but I, I think the other thing is that the funny thing with Chan, I think, is that you forget how young he is because he looks like he's about 42. So you forget that he's. I mean, he's only 21 or something, isn't he? He's like he's, he's 22 so, going so, on 22. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's still like really again, young for in the a position. youth. Yeah, yeah, he's really, in a, he's he's young Kev Stewart. I thought he was trying to lead as well. To be fair, he was, to I, thought he was, I, yeah, I yeah. thought he was trying to lead. You, you talk about you right. talk about the, the leadership from the more experienced players. I thought he was having a go. You know, he puts his hand up for that free kick, and he's a bit unlucky because that that defender just legs across and just takes one in the face or something. <laughs> does it? He's a bit unlucky with that because it looks like it's well, it's certainly on target. And I think you know he was. I thought he was trying. He's he's great for the Woodburn chance. He's he's brilliant for that because we we, we he wins it and then some, and then I think Ajario loses it and then he wins it again. And so I think you know. He's, he was he was good at pressing. We just didn't get a lot of chance to press because they didn't really have the ball. And so I think what was very good for that for that chance. How we, we kind of ran forward. And so I thought I thought he did okay, Chan. And I think I, I, I like that you know did he did put his hand up because I think you know it would have been easy easy for him to just go well I'll just I'll just I'll just you know look look as good as I can really. But I think I think he was trying to lead even though it um, it didn't always come off for him. Um. Before we move on and start looking at the future games, the other one is Adam. I feel a little sorry for Gomez. 
in terms of what Plymouth offered. In that, you know, he, he, there's the one really weird one where for some reason he just seems to let a lad through. Um, but it's all right because Kev Stewart's there to, to pick up the bits. <laughs> but, you know, even and, and Carrius as well, really, and the, the pair of them, you know, Carrius, I, th- I think Carrius would have quite liked maybe to have made a couple of decent saves. Mm. I think Gomez would have possibly quite liked to have been involved that little bit more in terms of being able to go, hey, look, look, look what I can do here, Gaffer. Yeah, but I think he, at the same time, he still, you know, he's, there was one moment where the, the massive unit of a centre forwards was, he was running along, along with him yeah yeah and they were they were running along together and and um Gomez basically just shrugged him off he just shrugged him off and he, he just held held him off held the ball up and um cleared it really nicely and you're right he would have liked more to do but he still did some bits that were uh you know that were that were nice to watch and and will have he will have come off being like yeah I didn't have anything to do but what I did do as you said apart from the one moment what I did have to do I, I did quite well uh and Carius yeah he would have, you know of course he would have liked to make a save or two but at the same time he's also had 90 minutes where he hasn't had people screaming and like a banshee at him for you know coming for a cross or whatever so he's had a you know a bit of time in front of the Anfield crowd where he hasn't had to panic and you know I think Klopp said in the press conference that he will play against Southampton so which is he, unreasonable exactly and so he, you know he will have chances I think there to to sort of prove what he can do and and hopefully then do it um which is you know not not a given it's yeah, I mean they're big. Send- I thought that they lads who brought they brought on. I actually thought it was really bright. I thought mm-hmm. his movement was great. Little spins, all that sort of stuff. He looked. He was very much a different. Obviously, it was very much this lad runs them for sixty, runs the channels, and then this lad give us the give us sixty and thirty. I thought there was a bit of that, but I was quite impressed with him. And he gave. He, he was interesting. He was pulling more onto Lucas's side than Gomez's. Whether that's natural, whether that's tactical, you can't quite tell. But it. He looked at first ten. He was passing it behind people a little bit, just a little bit off the pace. Gomez. Then he did sell. Yeah, I thought he looked really good. I mean. It- it's hard to judge a defender in a, in a game like that where he's got not, not a great deal to do. And it's also probably quite nice for him to play that game with nothing to do. All right, he, he has that one where Kev Stewart gets him out of jail uh, and he's just waiting for the ball a little bit and I don't think he realises this lad's that fast. And you see it on the telly, he's, he's on his heels a little bit and he's, he's like, I can get it. I can go yeah. and edit, but I want to play it. Yeah. And he's just waiting to play it and then the lad's in. Yeah. <laughs> so was, <so> lads. <laughs> well, a couple of games that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you... I thought it was a night. There's one in the first half. The lad runs down a wing and and uh, the big lads up front and lashes him and then cuts inside. And does really well and go, but Gomez does really well. So yeah, he gets jockey, back jockey, and gets jockey, his jockey blocking, and then blocks. Yeah, that's right. And, and it was really good bit yeah. of defending because it's easy to to once someone throws you over to think, all right, well I'm just going to get up and whack you. You know that's what Skatewood has done. Skatewood has just got up and jumped on his back and then looked at the referee <laughs> and gone, what? Uh, you know, and then give away free kick and, and he never. He just held his man, held his man, held his man. All right, well you can shoot. You're not going to score because I'm in your way. As soon as he shot, he just went, yeah, go ahead. And I went on, we won. And I think he's a really good defender. And I think Klopp really, really, really likes him. And, I, and I, you know, I don't know when he next, probably plays next week, his next game. Yeah, plays in the replay. Yeah, I think he did fine. I think there was a, there was another one. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a first half where he's where he he gets turned a bit and he, and he gets in front of him. And the easiest thing to do is just to knock it into the centre. And we stand there and go back to his keeper. And he actually just does a bit of a shimmy and turns him and we're away. And, and it's that sort of thing you need in games yeah. like that, really. Because, you know, going back to the keeper, then it's a high ball. And, you know, I'll probably, and, and they might have it. But he's but, but he's, he's always looking to build. And I like that. And, you know, he's obviously got a, a lot of class about him. That, that one that he left was mad like. But, um, but you know, he's got he's got enough about him to see, to see why they rate him so highly. And to see why they're not, they're not kind of desperate to... To do anything with Saka or, or to get anyone in, you know, they, 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 they like him a lot, and you know, we'll, we'll, 
he's, he's going to have chances next 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 few weeks, I think. We'll come on to that in a minute. I want to talk about the both the Northcroft, the Northcroft interviews in the context of that and also with the games coming up. I just want to read this out. This is a piece that was in the Echo. It was written by Josh Parry. Um, and I'm just going to read the piece and then I'm going to give you the information. Uh, tribute has been paid to a lifelong Liverpool FC fan who tragically died just days into the new year. Uh, Mick Densmore from Halewood passed away on January the 3rd, uh, just weeks after suffering an accident at work. The father of four scaffolded by trade was known as community for starting an under-sevens football club known as Grenadier FC. A close friend of the 36-year-old Ray Berry has launched an online fundraising page to help financially support Mick's partner Helen and the children. He said Mick was just a lovely man. There's no other way to describe him. He'd do anything for anyone without even needing to be asked. We went to school together, but we got closer when we both had kids. They're in the same school year. His death, his death was unexpected and he was the breadwinner of the family, so myself and my partner just wanted to do something to help. We've set a £5,000 goal, but anything would be good just to show her that we care and that people are thinking of her. <clears throat> The story goes on, you can find it in the Echo. The under-sevens team that Mick manages, the currently top of the league, and they won all in the league in his memory. Uh, he also has a stepson. He was a regular face at Liverpool matches, and he travelled around the world to watch the Reds. Uh, Tony Barrett tweeted uh, after the fact, Mick was a great lad who devoted himself to kids' football, a proper unsung hero, RIP. Um, if you want to be part of chip into the, uh, the, the, the donations, if you just Google, and so I'm going to give you a couple of chances on this, just Google GoFundMe, all one word, uh, GoFundMe, and then Mick Densmore, uh, spelt as you'd expect, but just to be clear, Mick, and then D-E-N-S-M-O-R-E. Uh, so go fund me, all one word, Mick Densmore, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. Uh, the appeal's doing really, really well, but if you if you want to if you want to chip in and get involved in that, um, I yesterday uh, met someone uh, at Home Baked, a lad called Neil, who was taking uh, Mick's lad the match um, as well, uh, under the circumstances, I uh, wanted to give that a shout. Uh, and as I say, Tony Barrett's been in touch and... Yeah, uh, seems to have impacted a lot of people, Mick. So if you if you can, and I know it's difficult for people, especially this time of year, but if you can, go fund me, all one word, Mick Densmore, D-E-N-S-M-O-R-E. Uh, all right, then, moving back onto the football, uh, the pure football, more accurately, and uh, the Liverpool stuff. Uh, I want to have a little chat about these games now and the fact that they're coming thick and fast and, and about the interview that the manager gave to Jonathan Northcroft simultaneously and with, because I think it's all part of the same thing, is... One of the things that I took from it, uh, Ben, was Gomez is, is is the example that was given in that piece, and it's the example that you can sort of take is he's in a bit of a funny position, the manager, in that he's, he's, I say a funny position, he's very committed to what he believes in in terms of the process, he's very committed to developing young footballers, he's very committed to all of these things, and yet the, there's just the sneaking little suspicion in your mind here and there that Liverpool might just be a player light. But he doesn't want to do any, sh- and he, he seems so adamantly against short termism mm-hmm. and in favour of backing his lads. Where, but now you're looking at the schedule for January from this point, um, and it's you know it's January the ninth, and now we are a third of the way into the month, and Liverpool still have to play Southampton away, uh, Manchester United at home, so Manchester United away, Plymouth away, Swansea at home, Southampton at home, and if they beat Plymouth, there's then another game, and then there's Chelsea at home, and you are beginning to sort of think that's without Mane. Yes, a couple of the lads are coming back. But he trusts these boys, and that's the that's the interesting thing, and that's what it's going to tell us a lot about Klopp. It's also going to tell us a lot about our season and our strength. I think, I think first off, the interview was brilliant. It was um, brilliant, and hats off to everyone involved. Yeah, it was, it was both really, interviews as well. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, but I think one th- one of the points that I took from it, the main point I took from it, was that they won't buy, they won't go out and buy. If there's somebody in the youth team who's going to be ready relatively quickly, so you know, I think it's phrased better than that, obviously. <laughs> otherwise, it's it a really good interview, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> otherwise, it'd be a shite interview. Um, but that, but that was a really interesting point because, and I, and I think looking at the squad makeup, 
and I think looking at the players that we've been linked to and looking at fair, the previous comment, you know, previous comments made by the manager, in one area where he's might still be umming and ahhing as to whether we've got somebody in the youth setup who can fill it is is a winger, and I think I think what he I mean this might be pie in the sky, but I think what he might be doing is is having a look at Ojo to see if Ojo can fill in over the course of the rest of the season, or if he if he can't. Then he might go before the end of January and spends a bit of money on a winger. Is my is my gut feeling on the position as it stands, and I think it'd be interesting to see how Ojo gets on because he's he's clearly gifted and he's clearly bright. And there's a little there's a little comment again in that article about where he got sent back to Kirby, or I seen it somewhere. I think it was I think it was Jonathan tweeted it actually afterwards. Someone asked him about Ojo, and he tweeted afterwards he'd been sent back to Kirby to go and um, train again at Kirby, and he's now back at Melbourne and, and he's back on the march again so I think it'll be interesting in the next few games to see how much he's involved because I, th- I think he's the one in that in that whole group who aren't quite playing who could fill that problem of Mane not playing because his skill set's very similar and he's seen a couple of the runs he makes especially first half them coming in centrally from that right wing he makes a couple of late runs and he's unlucky to get them uh, he has the header where he should score when, yeah. he's in a, when he's in a good position so I think he's the one who can fill that role that hole if if we're not going to buy anyone, and I think it'll all but it'll all spin around whether as, he's any good in the next few weeks. But but you say in the next few weeks. Firstly, there's three weeks left of January. Yeah, and there's all those football matches. Yeah, I mean, point is here is those football matches. If we lose four of them, we don't win anything this season. And we don't need a winger. And we don't need a winger anymore. <laughs> and that's me. So you know, this is why I'm I'm partially saying this to say this is how hard the manager's job is, given what he's what he what, what what how he wants to be true to himself and his own processes and what he believes in. You know, right now, for instance, we'd love to be know that we're going to Southampton with a new lad who can fill in for Mane. Not going to Old Trafford with the option of that lad, even if he doesn't get that start. You know, Southampton's second leg, Swansea, Chelsea. That's what I'm driving at. Is that is that the, the manager's almost certainly doing everything right for the long term of Liverpool Football Club? But there's there's football matches happening right now. You see, I think he's thinking about the short term as well. I think you know he, he thinks of both and thinks with us. You know, you're saying I need to play it in January. Well, if I get a player in, and the f- and he, the first thing he says is, "Oh, what do you want me to do?" And he says, "Well, I needed to run twenty percent more for the start." And he goes, <laughs> "Well, I can't. Really, I'll do yeah, that. I'll, 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 I'll do that. I probably I can probably do that by March for you." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, brilliant. Do you know what I mean?" It sounds. <laughs> well, well, what have we got this lad in for? You know what I mean? What 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 was it? So I think I think he thinks both short term and long term. But I think it's it's a different sort of short term thinking to to what we what we're used to he's not thinking well I just need someone to get me through this and maybe get me a couple of goals he's thinking well you know if he if he can't I've been working with these lads and I drilled them all summer and we were horrible yep. to them in America and it was dead hot and we were just making them run and run and run but pass and pop it and, and we were shouting at them more again and again and, and if I get this fella in I, I can't be bothered with two months telling them what I need to do yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and I think I think, there's, I think there's a bit of that with him as well and that's why I'm not surprised that the one player we've linked with quite strongly is the kid at Dortmund because he's worked with him and he, and he knows he knows he's kind of got that in him really. and he knows how Dortmund will work exactly. with him exactly and so, so I think you know I think he just sort of feels like that really and thinks like well I can spend Spend twenty million pounds on someone, and you all tell me he's really good. But if 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 it's taking a while to settle, then then sort of what's the point? Yeah. And I think I think he's thinking a little bit like that. Really, is that uh, I'd I'd rather gamble on a kid who knows exactly what I want. He might not might not make the best decisions all the time, but but at least he knows what we want in this football game. Than just get some lad in who everyone's telling me really good. And yeah, he might score a world before me at Old Trafford. But then also, you know, he he might be he might be blowing after sixty, and then and then what? And then you know what good is he to me? I've got to put that kid on now, anyway. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because 
I think, I mean, I'm, I am 100% on board with Liverpool trying to win the title this season. That's what, that's what we should be about, really. And if, if that means we put the kids in, you know, again, in the second leg against Southampton and they overturn a 2-0 lead or whatever, or it means we put the kids in uh, for the Plymouth replay or whoever we get in the next round and make it through, round, whatever, yeah. then, and we get so, knocked we, out. The, by the way, the, just to be clear on this, if we get through against Plymouth, um, the, the, uh, the game will take place almost certainly on Saturday, the Saturday the uh, the twenty eighth. Um, so it'll be just you'll only have the 29th and the thirtieth, and then it's Chelsea on the thirty yeah. first. So I think it's fair to say that almost whoever we get, it, it yeah, fourth we could round go to whatever deal play the kids. And the, you know, this is the thing about people, you know, kind of losing their heads a little bit about the kids being played in the first place. Is it, you know, if we make it past Plymouth. Then we'll we'll have another round, and it'll be three days before Chelsea. And, and my guess is he'll he'll want to play the kids again. So actually, the replay is probably quite helpful because those kids need. But the only way they're going to get experiences by playing, and the only way they're going to be able to fit into the first team is by having had games. And that's why I mean I wouldn't be shocked if Southampton, if the three or four changes from the first team were Carius, uh, Gomez who I think it'd be interesting to see what he's like alongside Lovren or Clavan, for example, see what he's like in a, you know, in a game with, uh, surrounded by the senior players. And Ojo, because he wants to know, is he, you know, exactly as, as Ben says, is he, is he a replacement for Mane or not? He, I'm 100% behind that, anyway, what I was going to say about trying to win the title. That's what we should do. And if that risk means we get risk getting knocked out of the cup competitions, then so be it. Even if we finish second, I don't care. I'd rather go for the title. But what I like and what, Klopp offers and what this method of Klopp doing, whether whether we like it or not, is it feels for the first time in 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 my adult lifetime that this isn't an all or nothing season. That if we do, if we miss out on the title this season, we go again next season and we give it a proper go because we've got stability, we've got a manager who knows what he's doing, and we've got players who are now that he that he wants to bring through rather than just get a stopgap. Now that doesn't mean I don't think we should we go in hell for leather for it this this season, but just that if we miss out, it's not like thirteen fourteen where the wheels are going to come off. I don't think. I think that's an entirely fair comment. I think it's I think it's I think it's right. I think it feels sustainable and I think the approach that was laid out in the interview is really you know, it's really endearing and it's it's really it's really different than a lot of what you're looking at. If you look at the way Man United sort of conduct the business, it's like you know and it, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's just completely different. But they've got more money. Corp is basically saying, Well, they've got more money than us, so there's no point us getting into a shootout with them. We're gonna to have to try something a little bit different. We spoke about this for years, you know, and not the same thing, but try something different. You can't win an arms race with Man United. Exactly. So so do something different. And the whole different thing is let's have a different let's have a different attitude. Yeah. Let's have a different attitude to, the, to coming to work. Let's have a different attitude to footy. Let's create this environment within which People want to be and they want to learn and if they, and if they don't want to learn, that's fine. They can go somewhere else. And it's a brilliant one club mentality as well, which is just really really nice to see for those of us who could remember when basically the the academy and and the, the first team manager were at war. You know what I mean? It was like oh someone's gone again. They fell out with him and he's gone and they're all blaming each other for this and that. And it's just nice to see everyone just sort of on the same page really. And you know, <coughs> sorry, it could be like. You know, it is it is too far between Kirby and Melwood, and but I think you know sometimes it can seem quite close, and sometimes it can seem like it might as well be a hundred miles away. And and I think at the moment, obviously, they've worked very hard for it to seem very close, and for it to seem like, well, you know, we might be at different sites, but it's the same football club, and we're all after the same things. And if you're playing well, you'll get noticed. And I think that's a really positive thing as well that you just feel like, well, everyone's in it for the right thing, and everyone's in it to, you know, to to, to get the best 
version of Liverpool as we can really whereas you know in the past there's been kind of suspicions that you know people are, are just you know too ready to point the finger at other people and it just doesn't seem like that kind of football club at the moment at all which is which is just really really nice and how it should be but it, it's you know it's not always the case because I think I think it really really helps that, that Jürgen's not worried about losing his job and I think that's something that really really helps yeah. like and that hasn't been the case for any Liverpool manager. As, as weird as it is, that sort yeah. of hasn't been the case for any Liverpool manager really going possibly back to Julio yeah. and then his heart stopped. Yeah. And, you know, without yeah. making that seem as gothic as it is, you know, yeah. that's, and that's, that, that's, that's a really, really strange thing. And I think he's just like, do you know what, if they, if they sack me, they're idiots, and I'll just go somewhere else and have you off. And I think he's sort of got that, <laughs> got, that, uh, got that attitude about him, and, and that's great. So he's like, oh, how are we going to make this Boston? Do you know what I mean? And then these lads are like, "Oh, this is great!" You know, and he and Jürgen's, you know, his personality, and you know, they, they just love him. All these coaches, you can tell, they just love imagine, him. Imagine, no, imagine, great. imagine working in the academy. Yeah. And and again, Klopp yesterday in his interview after the game, it was just one line, which was brilliant. He, he said, um, "Everything that these boys done well was there was them, and everything that he's done poorly was my fault." So everything that he's done well was their fault, and everything that he's done poorly was my fault. And that's how it. That's how it is. Imagine being a youth coach. Imagine being the kids, mm. and that's that's the first team manager. When you know, for whatever reason, you've had other managers who, when you promote somebody to the first team, they don't do well. They get bombed out, and you don't see them again, or whatever. You know, imagine being one of them kids. Who you think, well, I've, I can play with no, no, no responsibility. Or this fella, this this genius here is just saying, "What's well, all my fault? It doesn't work." So what are you running about? Just go and play. Yeah. And what what a mindset, what a mentality that is. But we're in the business of wanting to win. Yeah. And this is where we're not a project. We are a project, but we're not. We're not an experiment. No, is, is the, and and it, I was I was I very much liked how the other clubs that were cited were cited as you know one of the things about these lads at these clubs is they win. Yeah. That's one of the it's it, it as a route through to winning. And my question for you is really to begin to sum this up before we have a little look at Southampton and United. My question for you is, is of the lads who started yesterday, with the exception of Lucas Leiva, but I'm possibly going to include Moreno. Um, I'll I'll include Emre Chan even in fact I'll include Origi so I'll include I'll include everyone but Lucas and the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper's a separate conversation. Um so everyone that nine that start. How many of those lads get ooh, fifteen league or if we qualify for a Champions League, if we qualify for a Champions League starts? Fifteen. League and Champions League starts combined, how many of them get it? Because we're going to need lads to start because yeah. to play at the intensity we play at, to you know if we if we get get into the Champions League group stages that's six games we'd like to think we get out the group suddenly we're talking about eight to get to the last sixteen then you can throw your hands up and say I don't know but their additional starts being able to play at a certain level, at a level that for instance Adam's saying he doesn't think it's all on this season so at a level to be able to challenge for the league next season and have a really good run in the Champions League how many of those lads with the exceptions of Lucas and the goalkeeper get fifteen starts. In those two comps, I'm not interested in the League Cup. I think Gomez, Gomez could and probably would. Uh, Chan, Arigi could and would. Ajari feels like a fit to yeah. someone who could mm-hmm. do that. I think. I think depending on circumstances, Alexander Arnold could do it. I think. I think a year down the road. A bit more experience. He was a bit keen to impress yesterday. I think. Mm. I thought he was really. I thought he was good. I just thought he, he end of the game. He sort of he, he, you know wanted to force it, wanted the goal, wanted the celebration. He remembers the ball he put in in the last round of the league cup and trying to whip these crosses in. He put one in onto someone's head. A great goal we scored. I think it was a league he scored. Yeah. He remembers that's so he's trying to do it again. You know, I think he could be someone who does that. Um, 
I don't think I I know this sounds silly, but I don't think it's fair to just talk about the Premier League and and the and the Champions League because you've just listed there all the games we've got coming up in January, and four of them are cup games. So actually, you know, would we be happy with? Would we feel like we could compete on, you know, the levels of the cups with? Trent Alexander-Arnold starting with Gomez starting yeah. with them start with Lucas start you know well not Lucas but with Origi starting and yeah you know and then you've got so that you've got them but, and if they had to come into the first team for the Premier League or Champions League would you be bothered and I wouldn't you know I try, I think uh, Trent is perfectly good to cover Klein seemingly at the moment I think firstly I'm not a fair man secondly <laughs> secondly me points more the idea of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to sort of delve at here what I'm asking you almost is how many players does he need to buy. That's what I'm asking you. That's that's because if because if you're if you're because what what we what, what it's, it's quite clear that he doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to go into the market to buy someone to come in and, and do a job for him in 15 to 20 Premier League Champions League games, and that's why I'm putting the cups to one side. He would rather say, right, these are my lads, my 18, who are going to do this for me, and there's going to be a little bit of change, and they're going to be in and out. That what I'm saying is, how many of these lads can either be part of that 18 or be in a number, say 18 to 22, who get stuck in and have to play those games if there's three injuries, and that's my point. My point point is more that if you're playing, you know, you're away at Real Madrid on the Wednesday and you're at home to Chelsea on the Saturday and you've got to be able to pick two sides and then you've got a game the next, the following Wednesday and then you've got another game. That's what I'm driving at. And that's because that's how we fit, we find out if this experiment works or not, because that's what it's measured in. And listen, Liverpool could really do with winning a trophy this season in general, but we all know the one we want and you've said the one, yeah. the one that we want. So it's being able to compete for that one and we'd obviously take the European Cup if they made us. And I, I think, sorry, John, I think the answer that, I think the answer to that will come with how, with, how much they play you know at the moment last night's game isn't fair to judge because you can't you know those players this is where judgments of any individual player last night is ridiculous because they're not going to play with those 11 players again unless it's another cup game where it's about experience what they're going to do is come into the into the first 11 and there are I think there's a, a good six or seven of those players that if they came into the first team even if it you know it was at Old Trafford I wouldn't be going oh this is a, you know we're just handing them the points doesn't you know there's not many of those players I at going, all I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going with just handing the points and you're right to say it's unfair to ask it now but then this is when decisions get made I and do. they don't get made on, a, on they get made on obviously what we can't see which is what's done off the pitch and they get done on what we can see which is what's on the pitch and it's one thing to say I think we would I think there's six or seven of those players who could play we could go to Old Trafford and we could get a result it wouldn't be just handing the points but the point is is that if you're in the business of trying to get 88 points across the course of a season because that's what it takes to win this football league how many of those lads are you happy to see get 15 starts I in, le- in league and court in league and Champions League action in that context? I think we need 88 it, points. If you look at it this, the other way, then I think the other question, the same question, but a different question, is how many players you buy in the summer with these lads? That's I what that, 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 that's I am question. asking that question. I think it's, I think it's four. I think it's three or four. You want? I think it's three or four first teamers who can come in. Yeah. And I think it's three or four of their of that team yesterday who can yeah. come in. And I think I that agree. feels like a fair blend. I think you want to upgrade the left back. I don't. I don't. I think. I, I think he'll want to buy a left back anyway. Yeah. So that's a. That's a. He might keep Moreno around, but I think he'll want to buy a left back. Uh, I think he'll buy a centre half in the summer. I think he'll buy, buy another massive German lad. Um, that's not really part of the, your team yesterday because. But I think it's. I think he'll do that. I think he'll. He'll have a better back backup if you like. Whether that becomes 
Lovin or Matip or blah blah blah. We'll wait and see. But I think you'll buy a best centre half. I think you probably need to upgrade Kev Stewart. I really like him, but I think if you're talking about what you're talking about, which is 50 games at the highest level, league and Champions League, able I, to win both tournaments yeah. or certainly get 88 yeah. league points. I think you probably need an upgrade on Kev Stewart, and then you leave it up to him whether he wants to hang around or not. Um, someone who you know, because because then. And then um, I think the, I think he needs a wide forward. I think personally, I I think you know you 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 you're saying well it knocks Ojo and will bend down a bit. Well, sound. I just think they'll need another one next yeah. season. I, but I also don't think that you know like Woodburn, for example, is I think is a great player and I think he's going to be a, a a really strong player for Liverpool in the future. But if he had to wait five years before that yeah, happened, he's still only twenty two. So it's not you know that like it's not. I'm not bothered about knocking him down next. See, I'm I'm bothered about you know if he continuously buys a player who replaces Woodburn for the next ten years. Well, that's different. But if it's for the next two seasons, well, fine because he's only going to play the cups anyway. I agree with you, and he still can. Mm. There's nothing to stop him playing yeah, the cups yeah, exactly. because, because the nature of the lad, lads who play in those sorts of positions is they're going to pick up knocks. You want to keep them at absolutely as close to peak condition as possible. And your list of lads that you've just picked there, John, I you know, I think I think I broadly speaking, I agree with. I can see that being the way in which it goes. And I agree. We haven't really spoke about Kev Stewart on this and we're not going to get time to, but I agree on Kev Stewart. I think he needs I think he just looks like it might be a bridge too far for him, but I expect him to have. And it's inter- it was interesting within the Jonathan Northcroft interview that the manager, I think, refers to uh, Kev Stewart having a good Premier League career. Yeah, rather yeah, than saying yeah. you know he's go- he's going to be doing this for us for five years, it's this very idea so, he's going to yeah. have a good Premier League career. Uh, all right, then very very quickly, you've you've both talked around the Southampton game a little bit. We'll do it before we rather than talk about United. Um, I'll ask you, John, and these can argue with you if you disagree with any of your choices. Pick me the team. Okay, um, pick the team you think he's going to pick. Carius, uh, Milner, Clavin, Lovren, Klein. I think he'll pick Henderson. I think he'll want to get him in. Um, then ahead of them, I think he'll go uh, Wijnaldum, Lallana, and then ahead of them, I think he'll try and pop Lallana up there with Firmino and Sturridge. Okay, so you'll go Chan and Wijnaldum in the sense. I think so, because because I, I think I think we we were sort of a man short up top. So unless he play, picks two up front, um, which I don't think he will. I think I think uh, Lallana shoves up there, and then he plays him with Firmino and Sturridge. I think that's what he'll go for. Okay, uh, any any move moves on that? No, I mean obviously Henderson's fitness. Presuming um, he was quite positive about him in the press conference. Was he? Yeah. Well, good. Uh, not really. I, I think, as I say, it just depends on whether he wants to go for that slight blend. Because if he wants to go for the slight blend and wanted to have a look at the likes of Ajaria in the team with the others around him, I could see him picking him. But I think that'll probably be what he does in the second leg if we've won the first one. I think. I think he might have Henderson on the bench. I. Th- I- I think he might have him on a bench and just say, "Okay, we're just going to keep you for for United." So I don't know that, what how that who else plays then, but I think it's interesting though. John's talked about the Southampton game. The, the scored six there last season. We scored two and a half. We should really go in having scored four. Does both of them are Sturgeon Rigi up top? Mm. Both in both of those games last season when we went there. I mean, it's a different manager now. Uh, Ronnie the Reds at Goodison, but it's <laughs> um, it's. It's noticeable that he, he did, but both of them last season, Sturridge and Origi played up top together. And yeah. I just wonder whether or not it might be in his head to do that and maybe put Firmino behind them and play almost a diamond, he saw as a thing, and do it that way. He might He might well do. Um, it makes sense given the options available to him, I think. I, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know why, I just think he might not play Henderson. No. The, um, the only thing I think about the Sturridge and Origi thing is I don't understand why he didn't do it against Sunderland. Feels like the feels like that was the perfect game with with both having been rested. That feels like the perfect game to have done that if he wants to do a two up top 
experiment, but he didn't. What's been interesting to me about the two up top thing is that both times he's done it briefly off the bench, he's gone four four two, and it's been very much a four four two. We saw it very very briefly um, in the Sunderland game, and then unfortunately started just to go off, um, and then yesterday, where as soon as it's four, it's very much a four four two, isn't it? And I think would he would he would he go four four two in in a game like this where you know you're not you haven't really got any obvious wingers. I think maybe if he's got Mane, he's, he's having to think about it. But I suppose you could you could say well, it's, a, it's a tight midfield for the table to be compact and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think I think he's, he hasn't. He might. There's no there's no one who he seems to completely trust in that number ten role. He's talked about it before. He says he's funny on number ten. He said I don't know why everyone wants to play there. It's dead hard. <laughs> and, and it's right. He's like it's. I think it's. I think it's the hardest position to play on the pitch. I think there's loads expected of you. You've got to do loads defensively as well. Yeah, you've got loads of running around and things like that. And, and he's and he's been a bit funny on ten. He's like all, all these. Tell me we want to play them and said they've got no idea. It's dead hard. And then if you lose, you get you people to you. And so I think I think he's I think he's, there's no one there he quite trusts at the moment. And so you we haven't really seen a diamond. I think for that reason. And then. I don't know a four a four four two at the moment. It doesn't. I, I don't think we've got the midfield to suit it. Another interesting one will be <coughs> a big Coutinho because it, it it's not out of the realms of the possible that you might throw him in, which is what he's done in the past when he's been injured. He's seemingly yeah. been injured for a while, and then he just yeah. everyone's thinking he'll get half an hour at the end, but he just chucks him on yeah. from the start. He, you know, he has done that before. So that you know, with United in mind. If he wants to get Coutinho up to fitness to be able to do an hour against United, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, prediction for Southampton, Ben. I think we win 3 1. Uh, Adam? That was going to be, yeah, 3 1. Uh, John? 2 0. Excellent stuff. Difficult. Huge amounts of confidence. Southampton are rocking Brighton. They're a decent side. Uh, thank you very much to John, to Adam, and to Ben. Uh, we will uh, be back in touch with more of this sort of thing very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.